is today? Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> great news. This devotional that I've decided really is a podcast. Shout out to uh, Pastor Eric Iwaskowitz for uh, pointing that out to me over a year ago. Um, I've taken this podcast, devotional, slash whatever it is, global. Uh, so wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this Thing, whatever you want to call it. I'm on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, supposedly Pandora, but I don't have Pandora, and when I search the old interwebs for it, I can't find it, but they say it's on there. Um, but anywhere you go to find podcasts, that's where I'm at. So I can't confirm or deny the Pandora thing, but they say I'm on there. Google, all that stuff. YouTube, I got my own YouTube channel that's on there. Uh, the list goes on and on. I even, I even had in my analytics, I looked up some people from uh, Belgium uh, tune in and, and check it out. <clears throat> now, I did used to work for some, a company that's based out of Brussels, so I'm assuming it's maybe somebody there, but who knows? Could be anybody. <clears throat> I could stretch out my hands and reach Belgium. Anyways. So instead of having to reply on Facebook every Wednesday, you can check me out on any of those platforms and get your Pastor Adam Devo podcast thingy, whatever you want to call it, any other time. Exciting news. Exciting stuff, right? But before we go any farther, uh, I, I do have uh, something that I haven't done in a while. So... For the people who have been uh, uh, tuning in, watching every Wednesday for the past few years, you're all aware of this. Uh, but for the new people who stumble upon my, you know, rambling, ranting, and talking, and all that stuff, I do a thing called last week's fails and bloopers. And this is where I kind of review what had happened, and during the church service that uh, the the previous Sunday. That was, would say, less than ideal. So, let's do it. Lord Jesus. So I had a particularly rough Sunday this past week, and um, you might want to call me Stonehands McGillicuddy or something like that because my fingers were not cooperating with me. Now the first one I'm going to show you uh, wasn't so much my fingers, but mostly my brain. Uh, I left the volume pedal up because I have to put the volume pedal up to tune so that nobody hears me hitting the like nobody wants to hear that so 
put the pedal down so that it muted it so I could do the tuning. That was done. Lo and behold, pretty soon we're into the song. And as um, the first part of the song, I'm clapping along. I'm not even playing, so I'm like, I'm getting everybody involved. Okay, good, good. Check, we're going, we're on, right? Uh, but then I slide up into my uh, C that I'm going to be playing and just kind of like chugging on it a little bit with the drums and uh, no sound. And I think that I remember at the time thinking, am I, is this on? Am I hearing it? I don't know if I'm hearing it, right? And I'm playing for a while and I'm going through the motions uh, and then I, you'll see me. I, I look down and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, that was, I left the pedal up. So there's no, and then I push it down. It's just a whole thing. It's probably nothing that anybody noticed, but I noticed it and I was like, come on, Adam, come on. You're better than this. Apparently not. So it wasn't the worst, but uh, other things happened. Like this, for instance. Okay. Right off the bat, it sounded real good. I'm thinking, I got this. It's so nice. Mm. Yikes. That was a clam. Us in the business, you mess up a note, mess up a riff, it's called a clam. So dumb. People were probably like, Looks like amateur night here today. <clears throat> yep, that's where they would be right. If I had a clown nose, I would just put it on right there because that was brutal. And then lastly, we have this, <clears throat> which isn't really probably as bad as the others, but... Come on, hands, work with me. What are you doing? Why are you leaving me hanging here? So that was Sunday. It's been a while, been real good lately, but uh, sometimes uh, you just have to humble yourself and, and say, I really blew it. And that was me last Sunday. Okay, so let's, let's recap last week. Last week I talked about how little worldly things can creep into our lives change our perception on what is right and wrong and how we live our lives, right? Do you remember that? Um, I talked about the slippery slope. I talked about living in the world, not of the world. I talked about how we can start accepting ideology as something innocent and then somehow it snowballs. And I talked about, it's not just about people that I'm talking about, but pastors can get involved in this and, and just the way that the world kind of creeps into our lives. And I use the quote from Billy Graham about water and the boat. Like a boat doesn't sink because you're in the water. The boat sinks because the water gets into it. It's a good one. If you haven't seen it, go, go back to last week's, check it out. As you said, it's available on all the other platforms for podcasting. So I'm sure you can find it. <clears throat> but then the, the following Sunday that happened, uh, Pastor Tommy taught on contentment. Um, he asked, where do we get our satisfaction in life? Another question he asked is, where is the contentment or satisfaction found? Is it in the stuff we possess? Or do we find peace knowing that we have just as much, if not more, than, than our neighbor? And I think, well, I know, uh, 
This is a problem that we have in society today, all over. As I mentioned last week, we all want stuff, and, and when we're on social media, specifically Instagram for me, we see all the stuff we want and, and, and how happy it makes those people or the owners that have it of the, of the stuff that we see, right? We're like, man, they look happy. I want that. And that makes us crave that lifestyle, that the, the stuff and, and, and feel, and, and it makes us feel kind of less than. If I don't have that stuff, maybe I'm a loser. Am I a loser? I don't know. If I have that stuff, though, I know I'm successful, and I know I'm cool, and I know that I'm, I'm somebody, right? And let's just take this, this past weekend, my daughter and I went to three car shows. Um, it was so much fun, and I had such a good time with her doing that and seeing all the cool cars that we both really enjoy seeing. Now, a little peek behind the curtain. I own a Mustang EcoBoost convertible. And when I'm at these car shows, which when I talk about a car show, it's not like a, a car show where you have to register and then there's judges coming by. This is just like a social thing where all these people who own cars come together. It's called Cars and Coffee, uh, Oct- Ale and Octane. Then there was one right by my uh, where I live that was kind of like an impromptu car show at a car dealership. So it's real social, casual type of thing, not a judged car show, whatever. Um, but I parked my car with all the others and I put the top down on it and, um, just kind of socialize, hang out, see all the other cars. So I have my car there in a row. Um, and next to it are like classic Mustangs from the sixties all the way to new ones. There's like GT 500s, Shelby's there's, there's some that have been customized and modified. And, and, and I think they're so cool. And, and as I look at these cars, I start to think, uh, what if I got, some new parts to put on my car to upgrade it. I could get this cold air intake. I could get this thing. I could get that. We could put it on there. I could get an extra 76 horsepower in my car. I could chrome out the engine and it looks really cool. I could pop my hood. People come by and see it. Then I'll, I'll really belong with these guys instead of just parking my stock EcoBoost convertible there, right? I could get some new rims. I could really, I could really do this up. I mean, I can't afford any of that stuff for sure, but just start thinking about it. And in those moments, am I content with what I have? It doesn't seem like it. Then I'm kind of brought back down to earth by these three things, which I think is kind of like God is like, hey, let's pump the brakes here. You got some good stuff. You're not going to find happiness, peace, and contentment and buying all this other stuff for your car. That's kind of ridiculous. So he put, I think that he was in charge of these three things that kind of brought me back down to earth. So number one is I was parked uh, in a row with all those Mustangs with their hoods up and stuff. And and there's always these couples that walk by, usually consisting of like a guy who's a super car enthusiast and then his wife or girlfriend who's just kind of like there for the ride. They're not really into the cars like they are. Maybe... Maybe they know a little bit of stuff. Maybe they really enjoy it. But for the most part, they're just like, whatever. And um, the guy stops and he starts talking to each owner of the car, talking about what modifications they've done, what horsepower do you have, all these different technical aspects of the car. Um, And then the girl is always usually like, maybe just there looking bored, checking her phone, or just kind of, you know, not into it like the other guy is, right? But then they get to my car. 
and I got the top down and the girl's like, oh, that's a pretty car. I like that, you know? And um, the, she's not asking me about horsepower or my rims or exhaust or anything like that. She's just like, oh, that's cool. I like it. And, and the guy, he's just like, mm, there's nothing too special about it. But then I start to think, uh, average person isn't concerned about that. They don't care about that. They don't care about my rims. They don't care about my exhaust. They don't care about how much horsepower I have, anything like that. It's just like, it's a cool car. And uh, I don't need to spend X amount of money to impress anybody because they like the way my car looks. I like the way my car looks. That's why I bought it. So why am I looking to do all these upgrades when I'm pretty happy with as I am? I'm pretty, pretty content with my car. I don't need it. So I remind myself that. <clears throat> Second thing is, this whole weekend, when I'm around all these cool cars and all that, I spent time with my daughter. The time that I spent with her was way more valuable than I, anything that I could ever spend on my car. I don't, need a, I don't even need a sports car to enjoy a weekend with my daughter at a car show. As a matter of fact, there are people showing up in like a Kia Soul, like in junkers that you wouldn't even... I wouldn't even think to park in the vicinity of all these show cars. It, and we even saw a car, I think it was like a beat up Camry that was there parked in between a 57 Restomod, a Bel Air, and like a 68 Corvette. And Lola was like, looks like that car was bought at the dollar store. We were like, yeah. So just the time being with, with Lola, being with my girl, hang, hanging out, brings me more joy than any car could bring. And that was also revealed to me, reminded. He, God reminded me of that. And then number three, just on the way home, we're driving home from Mount Pleasant, which is about 40-minute drive home. Uh, we drove with the top down, which has been a long time because it's been very hot. And if you have the top down in the summer here in uh, South Carolina, it's like a heater is blowing on you. Um, but it was a cooler day. I think it was like low 70s, mostly sunny. We're driving home with the top down. It was just so freeing. It felt like, man, this is a great day. And so I was content. And I am content. Right? So then, last night, my wife and I, well, my wife and I start watching our most guilty pleasure on TV. And that is? Bachelor in Paradise. Now, we don't really watch The Bachelor. We don't really watch The Bachelorette. Uh, don't keep up with it. So I don't even, we didn't really even know any of these people that are on Bachelor in Paradise. But that's not what it's about. It's just a nonstop train wreck that I can't look away from. So as I was watching the show, I remember what Pastor Tommy taught this past Sunday once more. See, he was talking about Solomon and, uh, if you don't know who Solomon is, he was one of the wisest, wealthiest men ever to walk the face of the earth. And he tried to find satisfaction and contentment in every way possible in the world. He did it in wealth, through wealth, work, knowledge, and conquests. And that would be sexual pleasure. That's right, I said it. But he couldn't find it, any, any contentment or peace in any of those things. And as a matter of fact, Solomon called all of his temp attempts at contentment through worldly means, emptiness, and futile. 
And here's like the titles of his exploits in, ex uh, in um, Ecclesiastes 2. There is the emptiness of pleasure, and that's Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 3. The emptiness of possessions, Ecclesiastes 2, 4 through 11. The relative value of wisdom, Ecclesiastes 2, 12 through 17. And the emptiness of work, Ecclesiastes 2, 18 through 23. One of Pastor Tommy's main points from Sunday was, to find satisfaction or contentment, one must have a companion to share life. So, these contestants on Bachelor in Paradise seem to be on the right track, right? They're looking for a companion. So it would, so it would seem. I mean, they say they're there for a wife or a husband, but are they really? Doubtful. Are they there to be on TV, get more social media followers, get famous, and get money from that? Probably. But they say they're there for a relationship. They want to get married. They're ready. So let's just say they're there for the right reasons. Let's go into this fantasy land and humor them. The actions of these people before the very first night even ends makes me wonder if they even know how to date or have a real significant relationship. So, and I was starting to think about this a lot. Do they even know how to do this? Because they've grown up in a time of online dating, Tinder, hookup sites, all that, right? I grew up and found my wife before the big online dating boom even happened. And I'm thankful for that because I honestly think online dating has taken its toll on society and stopped us from even really knowing how to date or be in a relationship. Because... If I put myself back into that position, like if I was in my early 20s and, and I got on all these dating sites and because and, to be honest, I've never in my life ever even considered an online dating. Like I wouldn't know how to do it. I know my sister-in-law was on one for a while or a couple or whatever. But here's the thing. There's so many options. I know that you can put your profile up there and then all of a sudden you can have like 50 matches right? In whatever site that you sign up for. So you could say, you could go out on a date with someone and you could be like, oh man, she's great. I really like her. And then you still have 49 other matches and you're like, but what if one of these 49 are the person I'm supposed to be with? She's great, but what if this other person is better for me? And it's like, it's always a what if type of thing. And you have all your information on there. I don't, for the most part, when I go to a restaurant and I see a couple there, they're on their phones most of the time. So no, there's no real talking that seems to be going on. I don't know. It's just like, a is, is the online dating more of a problem than it is helpful? I think maybe. And then uh, on Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like that culture of so many options that you always have in dating is still there. Because um, a couple, you know, there'll be 20-some people that show up to the beach in Bachelor Paradise, they finally, they, they go and talk to each other and then they finally found, find somebody that they connect with. They talk for a while, they kiss, they tell you they like each other, right? And then um, pretty soon they're like, let's, let's be exclusive. Like, I just wanna date you, I wanna, I wanna explore this relationship that we have. And they're both, they both agree, right? Um, they're, they're on their way to falling in love. Then the next day, the very next day, somebody new will come down to paradise, down to the beach, and they have a date card, and they're like, I'd like to go on a date with you. Now they 
this guy, let's say, let's say it's a guy, this guy has just, the night before, made a commitment, you know what, we're going to do this thing. And then this woman comes down, she goes, I want to go on a date with you. And he's like, yeah, I'll go. And the girl's like, what's going on? He's like, I came here to find my person. How am I going to limit myself? What if this is the right person for me? I have to, I have got to see all my options. Just like, just like the dating app. You have all these matches. I went on a date with her. She's great. But what if this one's the one that's for me? It's like, we have to explore. We can't keep thinking the grass is always greener on the other side. It's, and it happens all the time, over and over and over again on Bachelor in Paradise. I love you. I love you too. Ooh, I like her. What if she, what if I love her more? It's, it's like crazy. <sighs> so if you just want to, if you're older and you want to um, inform yourself of what the younger generation's dating situation is, give that show a try. You'll be shocked. I'm always like, so this is what the world's come to, huh? It's like, I wish, I wish they could send me to paradise and let me be like a live commentator and then I can intervene in situations. I think I can make it fun. I think I can make it funny and maybe help some, possibly. So you know, like get some relationships, some real good relationships. But I do hear the crabs there are a real problem. And I wouldn't say I'm afraid of crabs, but they are very spider-ish. Right? I mean, when I was in uh, uh, Cabo once, I got up early to watch the sunrise and there was this big crab chilling next to me. And uh, just the way it was moving, I was like, it makes me a little uneasy. I mean, I didn't go running and screaming like I would if there's a giant spider, but I got spider vibes, that's all I'm saying. David Spade was a host the last season, uh, a guest host, and he said uh, the hotel there was infested with crabs and it was unsettling. And I get it. I, I feel like I could be unsettled. YouTube that interview with David Spade is pretty funny. Anyways, back to what I was saying. If we review what I was saying before the old rabbit hole of crabs that just went down, um, the cast of Bachelor in Paradise seems to be more interested in conquests and sexual pleasure than actually finding a lasting relationship. And they think that these conquests will bring them contentment, yet it doesn't. And if I just think back, I was just reminded, the last season of it, there was a girl there who hooked up with a guy the very first night. They went into the, what they call the boom boom room. And um, yeah, they, they did some things in there. Then the next day he was not interested, and she was like, "What? Why? I thought I thought this whole thing." She ended up hooking up with a bunch of people that that season, and guess what? Never found that contentment. And it's like, what do you expect? I feel bad at the same time. Like, this is what the younger generation thinks is going to bring them happiness, and it's sad. Now, the main point of what Solomon is saying in Ecclesiastes is this regarding true satisfaction or contentment. And it's Ecclesiastes 2, 24 through 26. It says, There is nothing better for a person than to eat, drink, and enjoy his work. I have seen that even this is from God's hand. Because who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him? For the person who is pleasing in his sight, he gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. 
but to the sinner he gives the task of gathering and accumulating in order to give to the one who is pleasing in God's sight. This too is futile in the pursuit of the wind. So Solomon says only God can bring contentment, peace, and satisfaction. Without him, life can only disappoint. And I think about after coming to Christ, I found my contentment in what I had and found importance in the right things instead of, you know, what everyone else had made me believe I needed and, and the person I needed to be. So what, what are you struggling in terms of contentment? Is it not having the stuff that you want or you think you deserve? Is it wanting to move somewhere else? Is it you find you don't like how you look? you know, your personal appearance. is about not being as successful as someone else you know. And these are all real things that we struggle with. But in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10, it says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. By craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So if you're doing all that you can to achieve contentment and peace without reflecting on, on what you already have and what your current situation is, are you even doing it for the right reasons? I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve your situation, your home, your car, all sorts of stuff. But just like that scripture says, we can bring nothing with us when we leave this earthly life. And it says we should be content with just simply having food and clothing. Now, I think for the most part, everyone watching or listening to this probably has food and clothing. I know there could be exceptions where some people are struggling this week or month with the food situation. I mean, like everybody has their things, but for the most part, I think that we all have the food and clothing aspect um, under control. But many times we get so focused and wrapped up in, in what we want to make us happy that we forget the only thing that can truly make us happy and give us contentment is the Lord. We've been influenced by the world that we are like that makes us believe we're the center of the universe and we need to make things happen for ourselves you want it you go get it it's all up to you but are we thankful for what we have or are we longing for what we can get i just want you to think about that it's kind of what i have um i just think that so many times we we overlook what we have and we don't we don't see God working in everything that, we, that we're doing right now. I mean, of course we could have our struggles, but amidst that struggle there is good things that happen that are put here by God. So that's all I have. Think about everything that I just said. Share this with, the, with your friends, and um, I hope to see you next week. Have a good one.